Hey, so it's Max. I've got some time because I'm waiting for my flight out of Sydney Airport. Um, so I thought I'd just kind of give an update about what's happening in startup world, aka Zero Impact. Um, it's been... I just think everything that I'm doing is just a massive roller coaster of emotions and expectations and I've been told time and time again that this is much about managing your own psychology. Is it? Is it anything? Um, managing your your fears and kind of the highs and lows and the highs are really high and the lows are really low um, one of those lows was actually today and it comes at a time when actually you're starting to think about fundraising so for startups to survive you actually need money um, as much as you need time uh, but both of these things are massively under-resourced at a startup. You kind of have to do everything with less and faster than pretty much any other place you could ever imagine working at. So you're, you're standard probably nine to five, whether that be government, uh, corporate, even a small business. Um, it's literally like 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 times faster moving than that because it kind of has to be because uh, money is literally bleeding out of your bank account and just spending and spending and spending and spending. And often, as is the case right now, there's actually no money coming in. So you're on what's called a runway, which is you have a fixed amount of time, uh, you're burning through capital. So we raised $50,000 of initial seed investment, or it can be referred as a micro seed investment. And we've probably, how far are we through that? Probably like 20, 30% through that. Um, which is okay because actually we raised it in May and it's now October so kind of puts our runway um, at a kind of a good rate like there's still um, a good amount of time in our current spend um, but actually you know when you want to scale and do things that are bigger and better and mightier as a startup you need to raise more capital and that's kind of where um, you're looking to plan for the next couple months. And so you're in this very almost vulnerable position of being like, you know what, I've never actually done this before, but I've got to go out and talk to investors, venture capitalists, angel investors, i.e. rich people, and basically ask for their money in the most constructive way possible uh, without coming across desperate or needy, because um, I'm not. Um, I think it's very important to basically choose who your investors are going to be um, because they're going to be part of this journey, um, basically like a marriage, like for potentially years and years, decades and decades, that they're going to be on your um, cap table, which is basically saying these people own a share of your company, maybe it's 5%, 10%, 20%, whatever it is. Um, so they're playing a really important role and often come with lots of different conditions, um, different uh, freedoms to do different things. Maybe they want a board seat on your board of directors. Maybe they want to observe. Maybe they need reporting re requirements. Um, maybe they want specific powers uh, over the founder. So it's a pretty, you know, it can be a pretty brutal world as a founder because uh, you're kind of at the whim of these greater powers. But, you know, the, the movement in the last couple of years has been, quote unquote, founder friendly which means that there's a set of documents, uh, it's called AVCAL in Australia, which have been drafted basically to make it a bit more of an even playing field uh, to protect founders. But, you know, in reality, uh, VCs, the way they make money um, is by deploying capital, 
Um, they expect a certain loss rate uh, of startups that are going to fail. But when startups go really well, they get their carry, which is basically their share of profits, uh, and also management fee. So they should get maybe 2% of whatever's deployed uh, per year. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty good gig for VCs. Um, they've got to do their due diligence, obviously, but ultimately it's a founder and the founding team that are doing a shit ton of work um, for a massive risk. Um, think of what I've given up to do this. So you can see as uh, starting on this fundraising journey that I was pretty excited to get kind of a weird email um, from a VC firm uh, based in New South Wales saying, you know, we love what you're doing. Um, We'd be interested in learning more about your business. Um, Please send us more information, your slide deck and a bit about the business. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, And this kind of eventuates into being invited to to meet uh, meet the whole team. Um, so I book flights to Sydney uh, at my own expense and that comes with parking, comes with tolls, it comes with the train. The train from Sydney airport to the city is like $18, it's crazy. Um, but not to mention lunch and food and all that kind of shit. But importantly, imagine a whole day taking off as a founder when you're so under pressure, already working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Um, So getting up at literally 3.30 a.m., it's a big day. So you can imagine my reaction of when I went to confirm and just be like, check my emails before waking up at 4 a.m., that uh, the contact just told me, oh, we're actually meetings off today, Um, didn't get my email. I'm like, "Uh, you never sent an email. Um, (laughs) And what do you do? What do you do at that stage? you stay home because uh, that's just a big like wow you guys are very disorganized and this is a pretty terrible first impression or do you just go uh, and I think as founders you're basically faced with these kind of situations where you can take it or leave it in any way you want but I think overall the way to uh, to approach this and pretty much every every curveball that comes at you is positively um, so I had a very polite and nice response to say hey it's a bit of a shame, but you know what? I've got the flight anyway. I might as well try and make it work. Um, and ended up salvaging today um, in Sydney. Met a lot of cool people, contacts in Sydney, um, as well as other founders at Energy Lab. Um, and actually, it's now the end of the day. I'm so tired, but I'm actually so happy I came because um, you're kind of building that network. And uh, you've always, you, you kind of got to think about what reputation you're leaving for yourself. And I like to think it's one that is positive. It is willing to give things a go. Um, but yeah, I just wonder what what people think about that. Is that a normal situation to be in? Because it, it just seems like uh, you're, as a founder, you're just at the whim of VCs or like investors. Uh, is it normal to pay your own way to kind of go for a meeting? Like, I don't know, it doesn't seem fair. But what is delightful about sharing your experience with others is that founders have their own take on things and their own insight. And one of those, which is another founder I met today, actually had the same email from the same firm. Um, So it was a kind of a bit of a a chuckle, a bit of a laugh um, to say that we've both been stood up for the same thing. 
Um, but, you know, what does that say about your first impression? Not only now two founders in two different cities uh, in a very small industry. So, you know, I guess as much power as VCs and investors may have, I think founders and the networks um, that we have and also being the leaders of tomorrow in the space, uh, talk gets out as well. So I guess in conclusion, you know, I hope everything goes well and I hope that something can be made of it. Um, but time will tell. Time will tell. So that is it for this quick episode. Uh, my flight is now leaving for Melbourne. Um, so hopefully I'll get home before midnight, uh, have a couple hours sleep and do it all again. <laughs> Bye.